Well, we come on the podcast this week on the heels of some pretty big uh, breaking news. Uh, there will be no fans at the NCAA basketball tournament this year, men's or women's. Um, that, that's uh, a major step to combat this um, coronavirus. Uh, welcome in, everyone. Just another sports podcast. Greg Swatek here with Josh Smith. And uh, uh, lots of leagues uh, that are taking steps to contain this thing. We talked about, uh, Alan and I did last week, about how severe this might get and um we were both of us were sort of skeptical as we get to this point but but here we are no no fans at the ncaa tournament uh just the the, the business impact of that alone and just just the, the environment's what you go to ncaa tournaments where you got the bands you got the fans you got the 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 cheers and and uh it's just gonna feel like the games are being played in vacuums sort of and it'll, and it'll be an interesting viewing experience too not having that environment so uh, could, could you imagine playing a game in an empty arena when, when that when that's all you're used to and have been used to for most of your life yeah i think it's going to be you're going to see some that that's going to take an effect on the players they're going to probably i think probably struggle to get going a little bit or um they're going to feel the effect i guess is my point um and i think any i think we were just talking about this before we came in here and any athlete would tell you that um yeah they draw, they draw energy Right, and the, the mo- mo- huge momentum swings are often fueled by the crowd uh, in, in in both directions. When when it's going bad and you have a crowd against you, that that that, that affects you. And when, when when you're hot, and and things are going well, and, and the crowd is lifting you up, that affects you too. So, like any basketball game you've been to, where I remember, like when I used to cover Maryland basketball way back when, like Chris Wilcox was a big dunker on that team, and his dunks had like transformative effects on that. Right. Like they could be if they were down or things weren't going their way, and he got one of those big old dunks. The crowd, especially if it was at home, the crowd would go crazy, and they would feed off of that. And that happens a lot in any basketball setting. I think uh, you know certain plays like that in particular that get the crowd really buzzing and going, and that feeds the team. So don't you think we'll see less upsets in the tournament too? Because a, a, a lot of those lower seated yeah. teams, they 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 get the crowd behind them because everyone wants to see the big upset, and, and r- right, players. exactly. And if they play well, it, it, be, it sort of the, it be, becomes a momentum type thing, and 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 these lower seated teams are often fueled by the crowd. And some of the biggest upsets in NCAA tournament history have happened, at least in small part, due to, due to the the crowd and, and the, rea- the reaction they get. And it, mi- it might be tough for some of the lower-seeded teams to sustain momentum against the, uh, these more high-profile, the, these quote-unquote better teams just because they won't have the support of the crowd and, and their band and, 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 um, and all that. So, I, I, so when you're filling out your bracket, you're basically saying chalk across the board. You, you, it it might, be a sm- might, might be a smart thing to do um, just because um, crowds often fuel these underdogs. So. I, I can't either. Just did the economic impact alone. Now, obviously, uh, health is more important than economics, obviously. But, but yeah, I mean, think of all the ticket sales, the flights. Uh, uh, we were talking to our uh, our, our colleague uh, Chris Sands, and he said that just the business impact, hotels, restaurants in the area. Um, these the, the cities really depend on on these games as, as being a huge economic boost. And now that it's not going to happen, it's it's like just the the ramifications of it. it it's, it's sort of hard to wrap your mind completely around, 
especially since we haven't, it, this just came down within the last half an hour uh, since we walked into the studio here. So, um, yeah, I, that is a major, major step. I mean, I was going to take. Yeah, right. And and I was going to take um, uh, the sports league to task for banning the media yeah. fr- from from the locker room, and not because it's not important to take steps to control this thing, but like, look, if you're still going to have the events in, in arenas and stadiums with thousands of people, like banning the media and keeping reporters six feet from you is not really going to yeah. contain the spread of the violence. So so this this policy that these leagues have enacted while I think it was done with the right intent it's it's it's, it's ridiculous like okay so the media is not allowed in the locker room but you're going to have an arena full of 18,000 people and and you're not subjecting people to um uh the virus or the risk of spreading the virus it, it, it it's a ridiculous p- policy yeah i mean i i'm on board with what you're saying and i and i read something today that i shared with you that i hadn't thought of and i agree with basically said now that the media is being removed from the, the locker room will they ever be allowed back in that, that's, a, that's what I'm thinking yeah because you know these leagues want to do whatever they can to well everyone wants to control the narrative yeah, now exactly. and, and, and these leagues and these players and these executives are going to see hey it's kind of nice not having reporters snooping around the clubhouse like Mark, Mark McGuire had his uh his Andro on his locker room shelf, and it was noticed by an AP uh, reporter. Um, I think it was was it Litke or um, yeah, uh, he noticed that and he asked him about it. That's how that story broke. Um, and and in this control the narrative environment that we're in, they're gonna be like, hey, it's sort of nice not having uh, independent journalists uh, snooping around looking for stories. Which leads to which leads to better quotes. That leads to better quotes. It leads to more information being um, shared between the two parties, and it leads to just they get to know those people better, and therefore the stories are better. Right. So if you value good sports journalism as a sports fan, I would think. Yeah, no, I I think this could change sports fandom because if 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 you're not getting if the stories aren't as good or you're not getting the inside information or access that a lot of reporters give you. Then this could affect your fandom of of a sport. You might not be interested in it. Maybe you'll read a story that would made you interested in a sport, or like all. There's a ripple and domino effect yeah. uh, to all of these things. And and I've seen a number of reporters. They happen to be sports journalists. Just that's because who I see more most often on Twitter and stuff. But they say that a lot of the interviews I do aren't even interviews. They're just informal conversations yeah. you have with people, and they they might not lead to anything that day or that minute or anything, but. Again, it's developing the rapport with, with 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 the player, with the person, the athlete, the coach, that might that it builds trust and might lead them to come to you for for stories. So, so it's not only the economic impact; it's like sports journalism could be affected by this. Now, there's no edict saying we're, we'll never like all, all these people are saying the right thing. We hope it it, it returns to normal as quickly as possible. Um, I was at the Wizards Knicks games. I, I was gonna, I was at the w- Wizards Knicks games last night, and they and it was the first day of of the new policy. 
I was, I was, I was uh, on assignment for the Associated Press, right? And they and they brought players into a designated environment, and they were asked about it. And some of the, these players who are real young, and a lot of them not long after. This is how it's done in the NCAA. Uh, I do it at Mount St. Mary's, where they bring players to you. They don't have open locker rooms generally in in uh, the NCAA or in a lot of places. So they're like, hey, we're this is how it's always been. Uh, the next interim coach, Mike Miller, said, hey, I was a college coach for a long time, so I'm sort of used to being it done this way. But um, just just not, just for journalism, though, is it's not good that reporters don't have access to, to, to the locker room. I think, so. I think what was mentioned in the story that I read was that as an alternative, there could be an area where the media is, is assembled and the players, if they so choose, Who's going to do that, though? Right, right. Yeah, let me let me voluntarily jump into this these shark infested waters here. Like you'll get the occasional guy who's who's a media savvy, media friendly guy and doesn't mind talking. That'll do it on occasion. But you're not the big stars like LeBron and who like they're not going they're not going to go talk to media. They're like they'll just put their message out there on their stupid Instagram or whatever. Twitter, right? Yeah. And right, and bringing the people to the designated areas, it, it it lends a formality to the whole proceeding. Like a lot of the conversations in the clubhouse, you'll just walk up and start talking to someone, and it leads into an interview or a con- it, it, it's a real informal, casual feel to it. Bringing players into a designated interview area, it, it makes it feel much more formal. Like this is an interview. You're out of your. Everyone's out of their normal environment and comfort zone. Uh, in baseball, you just or at most of these sports, you just get, get guys at their locker where, where, where they're comfortable and feeling comfortable. And now you're going to bring them into this designated area where they're answering all these questions. It, 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 the, the answers aren't going to be as good. I mean, it's going to have a huge effect, I, I think, on the, just the quality of journalism. We see it happen on a local level, believe it or not, during this time of the year that we're in right now because um, we're entering a uh, state tournament. And that is a much more controlled Right. By the MPSSAA. And I have always felt that it's you it changes the whole dynamic of the interview with these kids because they're brought into what what is kind of like a press conference um, setting and they're completely unaccustomed to it. And they're sitting there with their teammates right. and they're all being questioned together or whatever it is. Whereas usually throughout the regular season, any other time we talk to these kids, we can just walk right up to them after a game. We don't have to wait for somebody to organize right. them to come to us and uh, sit down in front of cameras and uh, you know an assembled group of people. Right, and, and when, when it's not a one-on-one setting, too, your 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 answers, you're giving your answers to a bunch of different people, and you might not want to do that, or might not feel yeah. comfortable answering questions in front of a room full of people. So that your answers are going to be different if you're if you're answering questions in that setting as opposed to hey I'm talking to Joe Blow the the star athlete who just played a great basketball game. If he's talking to you one on one, he's going to feel com- and you have a rapport with him. It'll it'll be conversational, which is what which is what you want. Uh, that's what that's what you strive for. Yeah, I mean, it happened to me at a volleyball game where I tried to just grab a coach and a player coming off the floor, and immediately some MPSSA official came over and oh, sh- yeah. shut shut everything down and said, "No, there's a press conference. No, you you can't do this. No, they they're like they're like get off the court, get off the court." Meanwhile, we're we're 
doing a favor to the NPSSA by providing coverage of their. We don't have we don't have to cover these events. I mean, I, it, I mean, it would make us look bad in our readers' eyes if we if we didn't probably. But we, there's not there's nothing saying we have to cover these events. But yes, the NPSSA officials quickly shooed uh, everyone away and 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 hurried the athletes off off the floor. And it's like we have a we have a nine o'clock deadline. Like we don't have time for a twenty minute press conference here. So. I, I think I think they're praying they get through this weekend without any other major restrictions coming down. Which which now that this NCAA like this is a big domino to fall this NCAA tournament thing. And if people see that this is happening, then it's like, hey, we better do it too. Catches it. High school, college, or pro gets it. I like. I think automatically you would imagine that the, the team that that person is on, even if it's not an athlete, even if it's a team trainer, even if it's uh, you know some support person on the team, somebody who's around the kids or the athletes all the time, gets it. You would think that like you're not going to be able to have games, have games. right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the fact is, it's going to get worse before before it gets better, especially since they're so far away from actually having a vaccination for this. So the numbers are the numbers are going to spike because people, because uh, there's there's thousands of people that have it that we don't even know because they haven't been able to take a test yet. So the, the so the numbers of cases are definitely going to spike. It doesn't necessarily mean the disease is spreading that rapidly, but but. Um, but the numbers of cases will certainly spike as people get more tests. Right. Yeah, and, and the, athlete, the athletes will be fine. They'll shake it off in a couple of days or whatever. But still, you, you're spreading it around, and uh, and teams aren't going to be able to play games potentially. Um, and do they want to play games? Like if LeBron gets it, are the Lakers going to want to pl- play five games without LeBron? So. Right. Yeah. Well, just to, it, yeah, just to give you an idea of how fast this has taken off, just this is just in the last couple of days here. Uh, canceled or postponed sporting events. The Ivy League conference tournament canceled. Uh, I think the regular season winner, which I believe was Yale, is, is, gets the automatic bid. Uh, the Indian Wells tennis tournament, um, uh, Italian soccer. You can't do anything in Italy right now, so the Italian soccer league is done. Uh, Moto Grand Prix of America, New York half marathon, uh, University of Cincinnati spring football game, um, a media summit for the Olympics. Will the Olympics happen? This is happening in Tokyo, Japan, uh, not far from uh, from where this thing was uh, really born and became widespread. So. Well, and we'll we'll mention something along those lines in a second here. Um, so, and a lot of a lot of the smaller scale sporting events are being either canceled or postponed. 
Uh, fans aren't allowed. The, the events will happen, but without fans. The MAC tournament, the Big West Conference tournament, now the NCAA tournament, all UCLA home sporting events. Uh, the Golden State Warriors will play an empty arena game against the Brooklyn Nets on uh, Thursday night. Uh, MLS games. Um, the Big Ten tournament will go on as scheduled. The Ivy League is already there. In addition to just crowning uh, their regular season champs as tournament champs, they've canceled all of their spring sporting events. So there's no spring sports at an Ivy League school. Uh, so for this school year, sports are sports are done for the Ivy League. Uh, women's uh, ski races canceled. I, I mean, just acro- across the board, uh, you're, you're you're seeing more and more either leagues and teams willing to have empty arena events, which which affects their bottom line, or they're just canceling or postponing events entirely. So, but not the Wizards of the Capitals, who 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 have ignored a recommendation uh, by the by the DC um, uh, Health Council, I believe, saying that you probably shouldn't have an, an event with a thousand people or more. But the Wizards and Capitals say that their games will go on like normal with fans. Maybe that will change now Now that this is becoming more of a thing. But as of right now, they plan to go on as scheduled. So. Well, I mean, like LeBron has already had to backtrack, uh, so to speak, just because he said he wouldn't play an empty, he didn't want to play an empty arena game. And then when it, when it became an unpopular thing, sort of the here he he's since come off that position right. so but i'm saying you know obviously the wizards are the, lo- the local or regional team i wonder if somebody will come forward look at somebody from the capitals and kind of make, make an opinion there without you know how they, if they don't like the decision to play the games well that's the thing like if anybody will listen to like a, a, a decision made today might not be yeah. the same tomorrow i mean th- things are changing so rapidly with this thing and as they try to get their uh Get, get control of the spread of it um, that w- one decision today might be a completely di- different decision tomorrow. So maybe, maybe they'll go ahead and play empty arena games. I, th- I think the NBA is on the verge of declaring empty arena events anyway, which w- which would have the Wizards can't uh, uh, can't resist that if, if it's a league policy. So so I mean, it's just it's stay tuned. It's, it's really a stay tuned uh, mindset because we don't know what's going to happen with this thing. So, uh, well, my bad luck was going to be, uh, well, I, I was going to take take these this stupid media policy to task, not because poor, uh, poor us reporters, just because of the ridiculous policy. If you're going to have, but um, I, I do have a, a bad look of the week and slash uh, boat candidate. Um, Kenny Atkinson is not a name that most people are going to know. Uh, he's not a he's not a coach that that most people would recognize, but he was the coach of the uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, and he recently resigned. And he he was actually a, a pretty darn good coach. I mean, he he got the Nets into the playoffs last year uh, with with a roster that wasn't great. Uh, he had the Nets in playoff positions this year without Kevin Durant. And with Kyrie Irving missing um, a lot of a lot of games, um, I was really impressed by him because I recently had the chance to cover a Nets Wizards game, and I was impressed by how engaging he was. Uh, it wasn't just a coach speak interview after the game. How 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 sharp he seemed to be, um, and uh, he, he just seemed like a really good coach and a sharp guy. But but in the last week, he's uh, stepped down. Uh, the decision was. Um, 
mutual, uh, apparently, uh, with the Nets and uh, Atkinson. But it was strange because why a coach of a team with, uh, in playoff position with, with an overachieving story uh, suddenly walked away. But, and there's all sorts of rumors out there. But um, uh, Kevin Durant came out and uh, the other day and questioned the Nets' championship culture. And a lot of the rumors are that Atkinson wanted didn't want to, he didn't want to deal with these he didn't want to deal with Kyrie. He didn't want to deal with Durant. Yeah, right. Well, may, maybe, but but a lot of the Nets players came out to support Atkinson. So it's just a bizarre parting of the ways. Uh, and and Atkinson actually was the longest tenured coach in in New York of all the New York major sports teams he was the longest tenured guy no no one's ever heard of the guy before i had never heard of him before until i until i uh had uh a chance to interact with him uh a week or so ago but um he but i was i was very impressed by him and it's just bizarre that he's no longer the coach and here you have kevin durant who's questioning the nets championship culture um but he's the guy that willingly left the winning his culture in all of basketball to go to go up for a historically sad sack franchise so, so Kevin again. Here we go with Kevin Durant. Yeah, um, just questioning their cultures. Like, dude, you signed you you voluntarily signed signed up for this. Like, you're going to the Brooklyn Net Net, not exactly a storied franchise. Right. 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 He might have. He might. Right. Well, true, and he might have a legitimate reason to question the culture i'm not saying he's wrong necessarily but it's like dude you signed up for this so so just a bizarre scene uh a bad look for the for the nets for durant and um i don't know if it's a boat thing maybe maybe it's just a bad look but um but just a bizarre parting of the ways between uh a no-name coach who was actually having a lot of success and was the longest tenured coach in new york and and uh a, a team that's uh, overachieved under under his watch so did you have a good look? I had a good and a bad. Um, a good, uh, we'll go with good because uh, I just saw this today uh, that Rob Gronkowski has signed with the WWE. Yeah. The details of his contract, but there could not be a more perfect marriage in my eyes of you know former athlete. Uh, right. He's got he's, the per, the persona is perfect. Sure. So I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. Like I'm not. I, I don't watch it. Um, right. And and, and the thing that. What what I would guess is he's not going to be in the ring that he's not going to get knocked around in the ring that much. That's part of the reason why he left football is because he he didn't want to get knocked around like that anymore. Because we've talked about it before, like underneath the meathead persona, Gronk's actually a really sharp guy. So so he's going to get paid a lot of money. He's not going to have to do a ton in the ring. He just has to be his goofy self, like he was playing football, and he'll uh, and he'll 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 do fine and. And another reason why he's such a sharp guy is he, I don't think he spent much of his money he's made in the, for, with the Patriots. I think he's been living off mainly his endorsement money and outside project money for, for most of his life, or adult life. So he's got all of his Patriots money just uh, stocked away. Uh, uh, Making money on his money. Right, market. exactly. So, so that's my good look. Uh, my bad look, I think, look, I, I want to get into I, I don't want to get into this too deeply because I didn't even see the Sure. Yoel Romero. Apparently, it was like just a completely pathetic display by both of them. 
Um, and again, I didn't see it. Did Dana White get, was he angry? Yeah, he said, he, and the story that I read by my man Kevin Ioli on Yahoo, he, his quote was, that fight really sucked or something like that. I'm surprised it was that tame because, because he, because if there's a commissioner of a sport, I don't know if he's titled technically commissioner that cares about the fan experience, Dana White is like at the top of that list. Like he cares about the the viewership experience and how the fans are being treated. He he wants he wants to. We've talked about it before. He wants to make fights that fans want to yeah. see. So. Challenger, you should be trying to take it to the champ and take that belt from the champ. Um, apparently, it was this incredibly boring bland fight. And I've seen over the years in, in my fandom of that sport when I was back watching, when I was watching pay per views regularly. I mean, I can remember incidents like this, um, like with Anderson Silva, but he offset that with, the, with his showmanship, right? Yeah. So you just hope because this young guy, Israel, is really being touted as kind of almost becoming he's very quickly becoming the face of that sport um and you just hope this isn't something that uh becomes a regular occurrence with him so we'll see what happens we'll continue to monitor that i mean um i'm just gonna say it's a bad look because i you just you hate as a fan when you spend that money and i didn't even do it but when you spend that money you're spending 60 dollars or whatever it is and you get a complete snoozer or a dud as the title event um it's really disappointing it's really mad that's what's always fascinated me about Floyd Mayweather because he's a defensive fighter. He's not. He's not an offensive boxer. Like he, there's no flash or sizzle to Floyd Mayweather's fighting style. He's just very good at not getting punched, and and he's just a, maybe one one of the greatest def- defensive boxers of all time. But but there's not a lot of a like the I watched the Pacquiao the first Pacquiao fight. It wasn't it wasn't that great to watch. It was just Mayweather ducking. And dodging his way his his way to victory, and hit, and hitting enough little jabs here and there to to, to score with the judges. So I, I never understood the fascination with watching Floyd Mayweather. And and yeah, when you get these dud UFC fights, it's like, man, what, what's the appeal? Well, so yeah, his his former girlfriend. Uh, 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 go ahead. Not not gonna not gonna not gonna be working here much longer. Right, yeah. He is apparently considering an MMA fight with Floyd Mayweather. Oh my goodness! And then like Mayweather, but like it wouldn't be a boxing match. Well, I can't see Mayweather agreeing to anything less than a boxing match, though. So. Well, yeah, well, well, if you're Khabib and Khabib's people, you're saying, man, I just wiped the mat with Conor McGregor, and that guy just made a freaking hundreds of millions of dollars losing to Floyd Mayweather. I could lose a boxing match to Floyd Mayweather and, make, and cash in like that. So he's saying, so he's saying, hey, a guy that I just uh, demolished can do that, and McGregor, hey, I'll, I'll sign up for that. So. 
his, his ex-girlfriend was found dead. There's now, there's now, the, I, who knows? I'm not suggesting that Mayweather was involved or anything. There's, there's too much that's unknown. But there's an ongoing investigation that uh, his former girlfriend uh, was unresponsive and and uh, and died. So. Did you have a boat item? Yes, I saw this. I don't know if he ripped the coach. I, I didn't see the segment, so, so um, but he's not going to attend yeah. uh, his son's games anymore because he's upset about the playing time his son is receiving. Yeah. I think he said he didn't want to do anything to the coach. I think that was like pretty close to what the right. quote was. So I so I think he he realizes that if he talks on TNT and bashes the coach, the coach is going to be out of there. Right. Yeah, right. With, without bashing him, he's like, oh, like I don't want to say anything about the coach, but but yeah, his his son's not a five. His, his son's, I, I think I read it like a three star recruit. So he's not the best player on the team. Neither is LeBron James. LeBron James's son, who's on the same team, he's not. They, I think they. Pl- this is a team loaded with like five star recruits. Like I don't even think Bronny James is a five star recruit yet. So he and Dwayne Wade's son, they don't play huge minutes for this team just because they don't need him to. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but yeah. And, and and show up and sh- and show up at the kids and show up at the kids game too. It's like, like your son doesn't have to be the star player or be getting most most of the minutes just because you're Dwayne Wade. So so I completely agree with you. That, that, that's a good one. And just like put all your little petty disputes aside there, D Wade. So um, I don't really have a great uh, boat person uh, for this week. <laughs> Um, the, the Nets thing is bizarre. I think we've thrown Kevin Durant on 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 the boat before, so um, so I, I couldn't really come up with another. I mean, this virus thing has been in the news that no one's really talking about other things. I, I, I guess I could throw whoever concocted this stupid media just media restriction policy on the boat. Like like I'm all for if that's what you want to do, fine. But then play empty arena games. Don't right. don't say the media is not allowed near these guys. But sure, eighteen thousand people. Sure, um, breathe away on, on, on our players. So. Um, so, uh, did you have a scene or two be seen? Yeah, I had a couple who were seen. Uh, one of them was last week, I think, uh, Patrick Mahomes appeared on a show of some sort. I saw a clip of this where Patrick Mahomes was sitting down talking to a couple of guys, um, and he mentioned how just last year, like maybe halfway through the season, he started to learn how to read defenses. <laughs> how frightening is that for the NFL? Right, yeah, like before, just his arm strength was good enough to get the ball there before the defender could close on it. So he essentially admitted that he's like, it's a really interesting, it's a really neat clip. He's kind of like, wow, I'm sort of like starting to put stuff together here. Like I can see what they're going to do, and I understand what's happening here. And, and working with Andy Reid doesn't hurt in that regard either. So right. So um, I thought that was really interesting and probably scary for uh, any defensive player in the NFL. Uh, another scene was I, I stumbled. Upon, I'm always, I'm always uh, rotating through. I stumbled onto this show. It is, I have no idea how it escaped me. Uh, it's called The Deuce. And it was, uh, it's an HBO show. It's like three seasons deep. 
it's uh did you catch it on netflix or do you have hbo or yeah okay got it Ah. And so there's lots of uh, lots of crazy things. How did how did how did this escape me? So. Um, and it's got some great actors in it, and it's it's uh, written by David Simon, who did uh, who was the writer of The Wire, which is a very famous series that was on HBO about. Baltimore based, right? Not Dave Simon, who worked uh, here, right? <laughs> yeah. Are, are things censored or do you, do you see everything? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's lots of adult uh, content. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I can't believe I've never heard of it before, <laughs> knowing, you know, knowing me. Um, so anyway, the dudes, yeah, it's a good one. Check it out. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to, that, that is a good one. I will um, uh, check it out. You're reading all sorts of like, or like the origin of SI and you're reading about guys yeah. smoking elephantine joints. <laughs> You're reading about the origins of the adult film industry and who knows what what was going on. To, uh, Another shocking thing that I read in that book was how in the 1980s, the guy who was the editor of the executive editor of SI, he was basically in charge of the whole operation. I think his name was Gil Rogan. He like was apparently infatuated with Mary Decker, who was like a, a distance running star for the United States back yeah. That's really professional having a having a romantic affair with someone you're covering. So I'm sure there's no preferential treatment given there. So, so um, it was very. I mean, because he was a much older guy too, and apparently there were strong rumors that he had that he had a, a fling. So we're learning that SI is not the ethical giant that it's it's always prided itself on being with with its reporters and photographers freaking smoking elephantine. I just love saying elephantine joy. <laughs> Oh, I'll see if I, I'll see if I could do it. Uh, it might be tough, but I'll, I, I will attempt to do it. Um, but does it have to be right? I'm pretty sure if I smoked an elephantine joint, I'd be passed out on the on on the floor. <laughs> I'd be in the probably the hospital after they resuscitated me. So. Right, um, like famous photographers not loading film and, and and being taken off beats and stuff like that. So, who knew all this stuff was going on behind the scenes at SI? So, well, I'm now fascinated to see this NCAA tournament. Like uh, these conference tournaments, uh, will they get more restrictive now that now that this is happening? And just to see what see how this thing sort of uh, takes shape over over the next week. I mean, it's becoming one of the best times on the sports calendar with <clears throat> with uh, the NFL free agency. Uh, the, the 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 tournament. Um, well, they have the NFL draft. I mean, they're about to gather all these people in Las Vegas, which is uh, a Western city, and and a lot of the cases are are uh, out west uh, for for this coronavirus. So, will they have the draft? Um, that I mean, the draft is a television event. Um, 
the, the, the people will be inconvenienced. They're all the people that just want to show up and drink and scream about their teams. So, so, I, so I don't think the draft is that big a deal unless you just like watching a lots of drunk people gathered together. Um, what you, what you might, I mean, who, who knows? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, just what, what, just an empty arena game that you'll see, uh, tomorrow with the Warriors and, uh, and Nets. Um, so, Oh yeah, yeah. This allows us to do that because I'm interested to see how they do in the Big Ten tournament. Because um, yeah, they just want they want a piece of the uh, regular season title. It was split three ways, which is crazy. Um, but uh, still, still champs according to Mark Turgeon. So. Yeah, I was going to say, how much do you trust this Maryland team to make a run? Is his contract up or yeah? That said, um, I just I don't I have a hard time seeing them make a deep run. I think I've, I've been talking with you a little bit about that, just because they're it, it really comes back to a, a guard play a, a lot of times. I mean, Cowan is a great college point guard, um, and he's made some he's been clutch a lot this season. But they don't have super reliable, consistent shooters outside of of him, and they don't have much depth inside behind Jalen Smith. So and we've we've seen it happen a couple of times where he gets in foul trouble and they're in, they're in trouble. Um, so it seems like there's a really easy like a clear path to beating them, you know, and uh, I could be dead wrong, but I, I just have a hard time seeing them make it past like I can see them getting to the sweet sixteen. Um, I'm not sure I have a lot of confidence in them going much farther than that just because of those factors I just mentioned. That said, like this tournament, right? Like everybody says, it's completely wide open because there aren't any great teams this year. So who knows? And they've gone through the gauntlet in the Big Ten, right? Like it's a great, it's a great uh, conference. There's going to be God knows how many teams. Are and, and 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 you really are stripping away a lot of the underdog magic here by not having fans in the arena and yeah. to, to give them a boost. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was really a chalk heavy tournament now. So I just because the, the the underdogs won't get the same lift and. Right, and they haven't played. They haven't played great. I mean, they've gotten better over the, over the course of the season, but they've been a pretty poor road team for for much of the season too. They're gonna have to play all these games not only in empty arenas but away from home. So, so that could hurt them too. So, uh, my alma mater is going to the tournament. Uh, Robert Morris made the tournament uh, last night with a win over St. Francis of PA. Any NEC champs as as Mount fans are are uh, very familiar with. So. They'll probably, the, the, probably. I mean, the NEC is a bottom four tier league usually, and their champ usually deals with a play-in game. So, you mean first four game. Uh, oh, right, a first four game. Not, not, not. They're in the tournament, um, so it's not a play-in game technically. But yes, their first four game. They used to call it the first round, and they used to call that big first day like second round games, which was absurd too. So, 
lots of absurd things going on in the world. Um, chief, chief, chief among them, the coronavirus, and we'll, we'll keep talking about it because because uh, because Alan and I were talking last week. It's like ah, eh, we don't know how drastic this is going to get, but now we come on today in the NCAA tournament, no fans, so. Uh, the NBA might be uh, closing its arenas to fans, so and the, whether the Wizards like it or not, so. All I know is, thank goodness you're able to work and paginate from home, Josh, because we might be calling upon you and leaning on you heavily here uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. Right, exactly. So. All right, everyone, uh, stay healthy out there. Uh, We'll see you. This has been Just Another Sports Podcast.